And welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And Adam. Adam, do you know what the kids are doing these days? Uh, Live broadcasting from places in their house. I don't know. I think so. I think that's part of it. (laughs) I do think that that's actually part of it is we're doing live broadcasts from places in our house. But no, you know the kids are playing Fortnite? Have you heard about this? You're an educator. You've probably heard about Fortnite. Yeah, I, I, my daughter tells me all the boys, even in elementary school, are playing Fortnite, which I guess is something that children should be doing, is playing first-person shooters. I, I mean, know. look, I I turned out fine. I assume you played a Quake or a Doom in your day. Hey, I, I've played some Ratchet and Clank. I, I'm still here and fine. Okay, well, Ratchet and Clank's not a first-person shooter, and how dare you? The third you? one but, was. Was it? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Regardless of all of that, uh, yeah, kids are playing Fortnite, and now you can play Fortnite as X-Force, which is wild. Adam, what's your Fortnite name? I I don't know anything about Fortnite. I know there's, like, some sort of donkey pinata, so I'll be donkey pinata. My Fortnite name is XX Sprite Pepsi 420XX, uh, because (laughs) I want people to know I'm straight edge. But I also want people to know I'm down with a sticky icky. Now, do those two things go together? I don't think so. But that's the world that Fortnite's in, and that's the world where you can be Domino. I'm pretty sure that's like the most uh, hello fellow kids. Bud, Bud, I tried so hard. Here's why I had a Fortnite. Here's why I had a Fortnite. This was two years ago. And it was because my younger brother-in-law was real into Fortnite, and I thought it would be fun to mess with him. Hey, now you can be uh, Baldian costume Domino. I mean, uh, there's some pretty cool skins. But I'd have to pay real U.S. money, and instead I could just pay Tom Nook fake money uh, to move all of my villagers' houses into a nice little area (laughs) that I'm constructing right now. I've, I've got one more. Phoebe has to get her house moved tomorrow, but I already have the plot laid out. Mm. So it's going to be nice. It's a two-tiered cliffside thing. There's a park to one side. There's a pond. Adam, how's your town going? I mean, my town is, like, so basic. I, I don't even have a ladder to get up to that ledge. So, I, But, I'm... but, but, I'll give you my <laughs> dodo code later. I'll drop you off the DIY for the ladder. For the ladder. It's not Love a it. big deal. Love it. I could you really use that? Get up there and catch some uh, paper kite butterflies and <laughs> make that money. But one paper kite butterflies are not where the money's at. You got to get some foreign fruits again. Maybe tomorrow when my fruit trees come in, I'll drop you off one of each and you can start start your orchard from there. Yes. Number two, you know, if you had certain powers, powers that control the weather, that control that wild storm, you. <laughs> You, my friend, would not have to worry about Mr. Nook and his ladders. No, it's very true if I could just, you know, be a wind rider and fly up to wherever I wanted to. It would be. And uh, do do you know know who's a wind rider? Aurora Monroe. It is Aurora Monroe. She's the Storm. And today, we're going to talk about all about Storm, this character that I love dearly. I know you you got some affection for Storm right here, right here in your heart. Love Storm. 
Love Storm. Love Storm so much. We're going to be talking about her today uh, in a couple of stories that were selected by uh, Patreon supporter Rev. Kerry Bass Deshans. He's a reverend, like some of us. I assume he went to school longer than me for his reverendship, where I went to school as in sat in study hall and filled out Become a Reverend <laughs> Online on Google and then gave the state of Ohio $15. Uh, there's different kinds of reverence. There's no judgment against your uh, reverendship I there, Zach. <laughs> I disagree, and I think he would too. But what we don't disagree on is uh, how great Storm is. Yeah, and that's why that's why we're talking about Storm this episode, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is neat. Uh, we're going to talk about her. Uh, because he said so. And if you want to be like him and make us talk about something, you can go over to patreon.com slash Files, and we will do a whole episode based on one of your suggestions. It's a lot of fun. But Adam, do you know where we have to go right now? We have to go someplace that's not as fun as the other places? <laughs> well, I think we've got to go. Down to Africa, baby. Uh, no, we are we are going to Africa to talk about Storm's origins. Hey, have there ever been a good story about Storm before she was Storm? We'll find out. We're going to find out today, and I would argue yes, but uh, this first one ain't it. <laughs> no, this first one ain't it. In fact, this first one that we're going to be talking about comes to us from everyone's favorite comics uncle. It's John Byrne and X-Men The Hidden Years. Six and seven. It's kind of called Goddess Rising, I guess. Sure. It's it's better than Deluge Attacks. Like Deluge Deluges. (laughs) Yeah, Deluge is bad. We're going to talk about him in just one one little empirical second. Uh, So can I tell you something that's really funny? The stream is actually a little bit behind us. So I get to see our reactions to things we already said. And it's great. (laughs) I'm trying uh, not to look at that. Um, I'm I'm only doing it to make sure it hasn't gone through. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, for John Byrne, uh, we talk a lot about him, but I might need one of these. <laughs> Brother. Oh, man. They might as well have uh, just called this comic uh, Silver Age Unconscious X-Men because it feels like on every single page somebody is either passed out or, like, drowning in a pool of water or I, I everyone's unconscious. Everyone is unconscious. Now, I, I need to ask, how familiar are you with the concept of X-Men, The Hidden Years? I mean, I've avoided this like the plague. I know that the general concept behind The Hidden Years <laughs> is that uh, John Byrne is taking the uh, issues issue numbers of Silver Age X-Men uh, that were in reprints before Giant Size, and he's creating you know, what supposedly the whole in continuity is. Just from these two issues, I don't think I want to read the rest. No, uh, so X-Men The Hidden Years is odd because it is John Byrne uh, going going to town here. And John is writing and drawing these, essentially taking place right after X-Men 66 and saying, hey, what else did those Silver Age X-Men get into? Which is a plot everyone thinks is more interesting than it is. Uh, But, so we get this. This is... Following up on the story where the X-Men went to the Savage Land and Magneto was there, uh, and he had his mutates. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. Classic Silver uh, Age uh, weirdness. Um, but th- we're still, some of them are still in Krakoa in this particular, I mean, not Krakoa, um, in the, the Savage, Savage Land. Land. 
uh, in this story. Yeah, they get split up. They get split up, and a few of them end up in Africa, uh, mm-hmm. where where this this Kenyan tribe takes them in, uh, with their wind riding goddess, uh, with dark skin, blue eyes, and pale white hair. Adam, have we ever seen anyone like that before? We, I, I mean. You would imagine that uh, this seems like a little bit of a retcon. Uh, Storm is being introduced to the X-Men before giant size X-Men. Yeah, and I don't like any of that. No, I don't like it one bit. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's not my favorite thing. Uh, the plot's pretty weak, if we're being honest. Like, Byrne has this idea, and Claremont did it too, so maybe they're all at fault here. But he has this idea that he can go back to the X-Men and just start from where it left off and it's going to be better this way forgetting that there's been a lot of x-men since then sure yeah and why in the world it would be fine to just kind of like throw mainly storm and beast in together pre-giant size which i understand is not as problematic but then we also have a cyclops and gene in this story too and that doesn't especially gene no, that none of that tracks. That doesn't make any sense. I don't care how unconscious Scott is in this story. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of hooey. I kept waiting for Professor X to pop out and erase everybody's memories, and then he doesn't do that. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He lets them have it. Now, the X Men do have to deal with something because there is there is a problem with Diluge. Yes, excuse me, Deluge. This fellow right here. What does Deluge want? I don't know. To like drown everybody uh he's 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 got a very uh, i would want to say poignant but it's not like he's got this uh not so great tale of his upbringing and uh you know he's albino or he just i don't he doesn't I don't know yeah it's he, not great he looks not like everybody else and so as an outcast he ends up in the hands of these people who are kind of like testing uh africans and it's just anyway he tries to drown uh three members of the x-men plus storm storm for whatever reason can't take this guy on he's just too deluge um <laughs> but they manage to do it somehow because gene controls scott telepathically to blast something with his eye beams i guess i, guess. I don't know it doesn't make a lot of sense it doesn't. Uh, there's some other subplots that are going on here. Uh, something with Candy Southern and Professor X that I remember going nowhere. Uh, there's some stuff going on with Sauron, you know. But mm-hmm. he's he's Carl Lycos right now. He has he has that side under control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bless him for that. But mm, it's not great. Yeah, Angel meets a bird lady. Angel uh... does meet a bird lady. Here's the thing. Why does John Byrne want Angel to meet bird ladies a lot? Because I feel like there was... I. Do you remember when John Byrne... You remember when John Byrne uh, tried to just do X-Men 138 like himself? Like yeah. Gene didn't die and he was like, I'm going to write a fan comic of this thing I did. And he had most of these elements in it. Like Sauron was there. The Savage... John Byrne likes one thing. Yeah, and okay, he's, that's fine. He's kind of stuck. Um, but there's nothing really of interest here. I, I don't really understand what the value is of, of going back to this era. And then, I don't either. And then if you're going to go back to this era, like, make it be honest to God, Silver Age hijinks. Why try and insert the uh, the all-new team into this continuity? 
Because this is at the exact same time that Jonathan Byrne was doing Spider-Man Chapter 1. You remember that, the reboot that was going to change Spider-Man forever and update him for a new generation? I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it didn't. It didn't. Ultimate Spider-Man came out like a year later and then actually did that. Yeah, that did it. There you Turns go. Turns out, Ultimate Spider-Man, good. And if you want to revamp a character for a new generation, maybe don't use a 20-plus year veteran of the industry who has already had his best years far behind him and no one wants to admit it. Uh, well. This was in, like, 1999, and people still talk about giving John Byrne work. Oh, yeah. there's He has his fans. Um, I mean, I, I, I have to admit that uh, given the fact that we we've talked about this on the show before uh we know about some of john burns uh, mo- more outrageous statements um that doesn't help me go back and read this and say oh i'm excited to give this a chance <laughs> but no. it also doesn't help that it's just not that exciting to read yeah that's the that's the bigger thing this book's not actually offensive no no it's, it's kind of just, just boring, boring. Right. Like we were talking last week about um, the, the Hyperstorm story in Fantastic Four. Hyperstorm. And I, <laughs> I think I described Tom DeFalco's writing style as just sort of like just monthly treading water. And that's what mm-hmm. this feels like. If you're going to go back and try and fill in a chunk of continuity, I mean, at least make it interesting. I, I don't yeah. really see what's supposed to be interesting about this. I don't think anything ends up being interesting about this. But what is interesting is where we're going to put it on our big old master list of uh, all the X-Men stories from all time. Wow. Yeah, we've got uh, 357 titles on this list now, which is crazy. Do you want to do. Do give some highlights? Uh, number one is Dark Phoenix Saga, uh, which is good. Uh, how many stories do we have on this list? Many. Uh, th- the 357, and the, that's the Draco, which is bad. 357 is the Draco, which is bad. We won't go through the betweeners because I don't feel like it. I'm still reloading Excel. Hey, Adam, uh, is th- does this break our top 300? Which one's at 300 right now? Uh, right now at uh, 300, we have uh, another actual Silver Age story, X-Men 20 and 21, which is I, Lucifer. I think that is better. Um, I also think at 301, Mechanics 1 to 6 is better. Um I mean, this isn't better than Beware the Blob at 311, the time was, that Blob attacks the X-Men with the circus. Just going to say that. Uh, that has the, uh, the the great giraffe scene in it. Um, there's no way this is better than that. Um, any other Silver Age stuff down here that we could compare this to? I mean, I'd rather pick up my copy of Survival Guide to the Mansion than, than Okay, hold on. This. this is better. This is probably better than 320, which is the Captain Marvel story with Adam X, the X-Dream. Okay, well, uh, Onslaught, uh, X-Force and X-Man, better than that? No. No, <laughs> no okay, okay, so... Uh, probably better than the Neo. Okay, that's X-Men Volume 2, 100 to 102 Revolutions, so this is going to be our new 319? This is going to be our new 319, this is X-Men The Hidden Years. Uh, can't man. recommend it, but... Uh, I can't, it's not for- good. For what it is, it's not a terrible showing on the list. I mean, it's fine. But do you know what the next thing we've got to talk about is, Adam? Um, I, I think this one's a little bit more fun. Uh, this one's called Before the Storm. It is called Before the Storm. And if you haven't heard about it, it's because it's this weird story where Aurora Monroe, you know her, she's Storm, uh, 
she uh you know what she has to do adam uh she has to do some indiana jones stuff yeah, she has to do what she thinks is right, because... I must do what's right Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti Yeah, so we got some storm action in here. Uh, this is this is small child storm. This is baby storm. Uh, yeah, and this is... It, it really feels like an all-ages book. Um, like, you could recommend this to a younger age set, and I think they might be interested in it the, it's a cartoony style um the art is by carlo uh, carlos barbary and yeah. uh, it's written by mark sumerak um and this is kind of an interesting take on on the character we've gotten hints of this throughout x continuity but this is set specifically in the time when she is one of the thieves working with uh is it algabari yeah Al-Gabar. yeah algabar um, or whatever i don't know i don't i don't speak egyptian sorry yeah and but it, there's a there's a definite anime influence on the artwork and mm-hmm. um it, it's it's very cartoony and meant to be i think kind of like a, a lighter story uh especially in comparison which with the third one that we're going to talk about today this yeah. is something you could give to any kid and mm-hmm. and you know, have have a fun kind of Indiana Jones adventure. Because what what is the plot of this story, Zach? Uh, Storm's a good thief, and she has one friend, and he's nice, and he likes her. But he hasn't. She has another friend, and she's jealous of her, and thinks she's a better thief. Uh, hold that thought, because it's going to come up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, Storm's Storm's thief dad uh, does get an offer from a mysterious man who looks a lot like Magneto, but is unrelated to Magneto. Uh, who does say, hey, I need you to go into this tomb and steal this treasure for me. Yeah, and here's where things get a little confusing, because um, what he's asking them to get is a red opal. Um, that red opal is supposed to help this guy, uh, who's, who is, as you said, he kind of looks like Magneto. He's kind of dressed like Dr. Nemesis without the face mask. Um, he, it's It's essential in bringing apocalypse back. And so they're basically going to steal this stone from Ozymandias who's in this temple. And so they have to pull an Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark thing where these three kids are going to go in, steal the stone, bring it out. And then all heck is supposed to transpire. But yeah, it's three kids walking into a tomb. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's fun. Um, The, the, the one thing that's a little confusing is that the opal looks a heck of a lot like the red ruby that is on Storm's costume when well, introduced in giant size. Wait a minute. Doesn't that ruby do other stuff? Well, <laughs> I kind of went down this rabbit hole today because I was like, wait a minute. Doesn't doesn't Storm's mother give her the ruby cameo? And that is canonically what is, what is true. Um, but... It's weird, like, if you go through these stories, it is very odd how often we get stories about red stones and storm. So she's gifted the ruby cameo, which is interdimensional. Uh, it, it can hook storm up with... Is that uh, the one that gets her the flying cat? Yes. Town pirate yes. thing from classic X-Men that then shows up in an annual? 
Yeah, and like Claremont just expected everybody to know what that was. Y'all were reading Classic X-Men last month. You obviously know about this luck dragon that Storm rides. Sure. Um, and then the other thing that this that the Ruby does is uh, it's one of the Madripoor set from Extreme X-Men, which sure. when put together and crucified on Gambit also, uh, you know, allow Khan to come into play. So Khan? Yeah. So that Khan? Gem- yeah. Come! <laughs> Quick aside, oh, Chris I had oh, Chris I had a, a roommate in college who whose name was Khan, and we used to do that to him constantly. Khan? Yes. Khan? <laughs> I'm not doing it again. I, I have to edit this later. But yeah, um, this is another red stone that looks like it. Uh, there's also later totally unrelated though. Totally unrelated. Like only I don't I couldn't figure out any other story that connected with this particular stone. I, I looked uh, high and low. Maybe there is, um, and it's totally unconnected to the uh, the red stone that Storm steals, which turns out to be Condra's heart, uh, the heart of darkness. So like. A st- Writers just love hooking Storm up with red stones. Um, this Storm red stone, red stones. What's up with that? Not the red stone in uh, in Storm's costume. So not to be confused. What do you think of this? I I thought this was kind of fun. It's light. It's definitely all ages. Um, I I think it's the best story here. Of what the I, three we're talking about today, of the three we're talking about today, I think this is the best one, and I think that that's a pretty easy competition. Hmm. Uh, we're going to have to oh. talk, revisit that. <laughs> oh, are we about to fight live on Twitter? I don't think we're going to fight. I think there's there's just some interesting stuff happening. But let's let's save Adam, that. Because... I think we're going to fight. <laughs> All right. So tell me more about what you think of this book. I think the book's fine. I don't think it necessarily sets up the stakes that it wants to as well mm. as it does. Like, It's just like, hey, y'all are going to do this now. And then it kind of resolves itself. Like, there's some interesting stuff, uh, but, like, it's a whole lot of nothing to me, personally. Well, and it's also tough because um, we have to have Storm without her powers. So, there's, I believe, a couple of little, maybe a little hint here and there that she has some? Yeah, but it's not like, she doesn't actually have her powers in this one, though. Right, right. and She She don't got it. And she can't because she's so young and it doesn't it doesn't actually fit she's into babe. the chronology of what the character is and, and how she awakens those powers before she becomes the goddess. So, like, it, it's fun because it's, like you said, it's three kids walk into a pyramid. Um, mm-hmm. The supporting cast is fine. You know, they're kind of anonymous uh, street urchins that, that hang out with, uh, with Storm, who's in a form that we kind of have never seen before i guess unless you count dh storm um right but even that is different than this and uh the apocalypse angle kind of i don't know it's fine there's also it's an Aussie there's Mandius. been less there's been less storm and apocalypse stuff than there has considering they both spent significant time in egypt like x-men apocalypse for all its massive flaws just gargantuan flaws. Terrible. Did movie. pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, did say, hey, I, I'm going to walk around and give some people some new hairstyles. So uh, I guess there's that. <laughs> but Hairdresser Apocalypse, though, actually good. 
I mean, it's a fun little meme. I mean, it doesn't make the movie any good, but um, no hairdressing. Apocalypse doesn't even really appear in here. His uh, his tomb appears, and there's also Apocalypse, a a stone tower that Ozymandias has that, for whatever reason, has engravings of the all new, all different team on it. Just but that's fun. some that's some mid nineties Ozymandias garbage. That's already canon. That's working with the toys that are already in the toolbox. Yeah, I figured that because Ozymandias has a bigger role. But I does the stone ever come back into play? This particular one, I don't think it does. Great question. No, okay. no, no one has ever referenced this story ever again. Mm. All right. I mean, it, I I will say this for this particular story. I thought it was fun. I thought it was light. Um, I recommended it to my daughter. She's 10. She likes Storm. And I was thinking to myself, hey, you know, like, this is a fun all-ages Storm story that she would probably like to read. You know, beyond that, you could skip this story and not miss a heart, not miss a a beat about what happens with Storm within continuity. I agree with that. Uh, So let's let's rank this bad boy. Uh, Yeah, let's. Let's let's see where we want to throw this on our big old master list. Of all the X-Men stories. Uh, again, number one is Dark Phoenix Saga. It ain't as good as that. Uh, down at 100, we got that time Captain America threw Magneto into a hole. It ain't as good as that. Captain America is the name of the comic. Magneto throws Red Skull into a hole. I'm sorry that I got that wrong. Uh, number 200 is X-Men 300. Uh, it's, we're in the right ballpark there. Because like 250 is Bishop's Crossing. How do you feel about it compared to Bishop's Crossing? It's not as good. It's better than Deadly Genesis. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's better than Deadly Genesis. And... Which is at 265. Yeah, so, um, I'm trying to think of where it would fall in between these two. Do you like it better or worse than 260 X-Men Volume, F- or Uncanny Volume 4 Survival of the Fittest? The one with uh, Greg Landart, but Colin Bunn writing, and Zorn's in it? <sighs> no, I don't, jeez, mm. Greg Land, goodness gracious. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'd say right below that, right above Dayken Dark Wolverine. Yeah, that's okay. That's a good spot for it. Because that's like, that's exactly where I'd say, oh no, maybe you should read that X-Men comic versus, hey, maybe don't read that uh, X-Men comic. <laughs> this is the line. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, Adam, that's the line. Uh, and... That that uh, covers covers another story. So you know what? What we got one more story. Uh, yeah, and you uh, said we're gonna fight over it. This is exciting. Uh, it's a story I dislike. Oh, uh, this is really. Yeah, this is another story about star-crossed lovers. This is this is Storm <laughs> Volume Two. Uh, Eric Jerome Dickey does the writing. He's a novelist whose stuff I've never read. Uh, and David Yardine does the art on this one. This is about Storm, not in Kenya and not a goddess yet, but... This is Thief Part 2. If that was Thief Part 1, we have a completely different... Like, this is the sequel to what we were just talking about. Yeah, it's a... It's not great. Hold on. Um, I think it's pretty great. You do? Yeah, let, we need to get into this. Uh, I, I think that this is a really, really interesting story that has some really good stuff and some not so great stuff in it. 
Like it is a mixed bag for sure, but I think it ends out on top. Uh, so let's argue about this. Um, we got to start. This is a comic that's real into Storm's virginity and how Storm thinks her virginity is the most important thing to her. Uh, and that's weird. I mean, that's your takeaway <laughs> from the story. <laughs> Here's my takeaway. Here's my takeaway. Let me start from my position. Yeah, go ahead. This comes out right before the wedding of the century. Right. Wedding uh, of the century. Between Storm and Black Panther. Where, let's be clear, this is 2006. Storm's the most popular black character in comics. Mm -hmm. Bar none. It's Storm. It's Aurora Monroe from the X-Men. You know her. You love her. She's very popular. Yes. So, they had an idea explicitly to have a powerful marriage a la Jay-Z and Beyonce, uh, between the two biggest black characters in Marvel, Black Panther and Storm. I like Black Panther. I like Storm. But the way they presented it, both here and in the Reginald Hudlin run of Black Panther, was like, hey, look at these guys. They've had all these long connections for their entire lives, and they really love each other and always have. And that's not true and wasn't true. And it's still weird that they tried to gaslight us all into believing that. So I come into this story with a tiny bit of baggage. You're not wrong. I mean, it is an, an ultimate retcon to say that Storm's first love is going to be T'Challa, who's just sort of like Kung Fu wandering the earth. <laughs> yeah. To be clear, before anyone asks me, yes, I've read Marvel Team Up 100, where in a backup story, they have one meeting. That right. is not marriage material. Don't get at me. I know Chris Claremont wrote it. <laughs> that is, though, the, the basis. That is the idea that, like, where that link comes from. Um, but yeah, I what... think it's explicitly rewritten in this, where instead of in Marvel Team-Up, where Storm saves Black Panther from some bad guys, Black Panther saves Storm from some bad guys. Which... That's accurate. Okay. I, what we're looking at here is um, I want to start with the fact that Eric Jerome Dickey is a pretty respected novelist and is. this is not his forte. Um, he, he, this is the only comic book graphic novel, whatever you want to call this particular story that he ever did. He's written like 30 novels, but he's not mm -hmm. a, a comic art, a comic writer. Um, so it's not a comic artist either, to be fair. Uh, no, no, he is not. Um, however, I do like the David Yardine uh, artwork in this. Um, let me tell you what I think works here. Um, what what works I here? think works is that we have Storm at this stage of her life where she doesn't have her powers. She's trying to figure out her power. She's trying to figure out her place in the world within this particular uh, community of thieves that she has. She's aligned herself now with a Wakandan thief who's basically, you know, teaching her to excel at lockpicking. Um, there's all of these different interconnected rivalries between specifically Storm and the teacher's uh, daughter. Um, right. We I don't think know it's her daughter. Or not, not until... The teacher's daughter at the start. No, no. We, we don't get we that Because he says, I wish... Storm, I wish you were my daughter. Right. I wish I had a daughter like you. Right. Which, mm, um, bud. We're, we're still seeing Storm grapple with the death of her parents um right and is you know purposefully stealing things that remind her of her parents so a big part of this story that that starts everything off is that her father was a photographer and she steals yep, the David camera Monroe. from a white poacher now 
all the stuff sucks, by the way that guy's super sucks yeah all the stuff i was just talking about is the stuff that i found interesting in this story this the stuff that i think is really not done well at all is the insertion of these very very bland and nameless characters um that are these white poachers that particularly these two brothers one of which is nicknamed the bull um the who, bull. Are, who are out watch out for the horns <laughs> uh who are out to get storm and in the process wind up um you know getting into it with t'challa because the bull apparently got his butt handed to him by uh T'Challa's father. T'Chaka? T'Chaka. About T'Chaka, King of Wakanda? Yes. Yeah. Um, now, I want you to go into a little bit more depth about your issues with uh, with the love story here. Because I thought that it actually seemed kind of organic. I, I don't know. Um, you, I did you didn't not. seem that feel that way. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you my... I did not feel like it was organic. I felt like it was forced, and I felt like I don't know why these two like each other. I didn't feel any chemistry from them. I didn't feel any relationship from them. And here's the thing. I want to be very clear. I like Storm and Black Panther as a couple now, because Mm -hmm. they were always written as if, oh, you have all these years and years of chemistry. And that was false back then, but they've been divorced at this point, so now they actually do have these years and years of history to to build off of and i'm like okay you guys can be weird exes i'm all for that it's great uh ta coates is doing a fantastic job with that in his uh black panther run uh but i don't feel it's organic here i feel like the plot that's in this comic is not well done uh and i don't like it is the is is the end of the day i don't like this i've read it multiple times nothing lands right it feels weird it feels like it feels like that weird mid-2000s thing where they were like comics can be edgy and important and it feels like it's trying to do that and i don't like it i just don't i don't like it adam okay and you don't have to i know i'm a critic and i'm supposed to have like good critical (laughs) thoughts but i just don't like this one and you don't have to like it and i think that it gives you especially with its villains a lot of reasons just to be like kind of meh about you know it's not it's not going to give you a memorable villain. You know, what they're doing in the story is pretty graphic and pretty violent. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they take out a lot of uh, the, the, the thieves group um, through violence and, and trying to get to Storm. Um, I found what I liked. I, I found more there than you did in terms of these two characters meeting for the first time and storm Mm -hmm. coming to grips with the fact that she doesn't have control of her powers. She's in a group of people where it's being expected of her to act in a certain way. And to hook up with T'Challa in this story is a bit of a conflict in and of itself. It's not something that she's necessarily interested in, but the romance does awaken the powers, um, which I think is an interesting setup. Um, is it heavy handed? 100%. Is, uh, Eric Jerome Dickey like throwing in, you know, history about, uh, you know, African colonization and, you know, all of that stuff and throwing it into this story kind of haphazardly and as like a side comments. Absolutely. But so that I actually don't have as much problem with, honestly. Yeah. I've seen. Odd, like, I thought that actually worked from Dickie's standpoint. I feel like some of the weird stuff, uh, 
Especially about the one guy that's real into the one thief that Storm doesn't like and doesn't like Storm. And the sexual assault stuff there. That's not great. And that didn't... I did not enjoy that part of the comic. Yeah. Um, definitely, you know, content warning. If you're going to go through this story, there, there is... Um, you know, that is one of the aspects of those characters. It's that they're just... They're just going to go and do the most heinous things here. Um, they're bad. They're very they're bad. bad. But they're also but they're also very bland characters. Like, they don't have much yes. in terms of motivation other than we heard that there once was a Windrider. We want this Windrider. Wind so we are going to basically abduct her in a Vibranium casket. Um, I... I found there, and maybe it's David Yardine's artwork here. I mean, I thought that the artwork was absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it tells a story from an African-American perspective with a character that doesn't often get told by an African-American perspective. And mm-hmm. takes a new, it's a new tack on a character that maybe you didn't want that approach to the character. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Is it? the storm that we come to know and love? No, but it's also a version of the character that's learning who that is. Yeah. I just, I want storm to be storm. I think <laughs> like I'm not interested in young storm. I'm a be honest. Here's where, here's where I'm interested in storm. She, she w- wakes up one morning and there's this strange bald white man in a wheelchair. Who's like, Hey, you're a goddess, right? You want to come hang out with my friends and go rescue these people from this vampire island? And she says, okay. Yeah. That's it. That's what I want from Storm. And then we can we can start from that point and then move forward. I don't really want to go back with Storm. Like, I was thinking today, I'm trying to remember if there's a real story about how Storm became worshipped as a goddess. And I think it's in the Joe Kelly X-Men but even then, it's very, like, it's not, like, a focus, it's a, a side. Like, I was like, that's that could be a pitch, but also, I don't want to read that, because I don't care about that storm. I care about the storm that summons lightning bolts and is like, I will meet you at the monorail! <laughs> that's my storm. Yeah, I, like I, I totally She's understand. I storm's great. Yeah, I get it. I and I I get all that. I just think for what this particular story is and what it's trying to do, I think it's largely successful. I think it has its issues. I 100% agree that some of it is a little too much. Um but to tell the story that he wanted to tell, I, I don't know. I I thought it worked. Um so why don't we rank this bad boy because I think that it could be interesting to see where we go on the list. You definitely want to put this ahead of the story we just ranked, which is before the storm. Um, you want to rank this below that. Yeah. I don't think this is better than daydreamers at two seventy three. Do you, I think it's more interesting. I think that it's, trying something from a, a, a literary approach that we're not seeing most of the time in X content. You know what I mean? Like it, it's doing something right. very out of the norm. And I, I realize that that's not necessarily a, a plus in its favor um, for X fans, but no, it's doing something I don't actually like. But it's, it it's is, a problem for me. But it is taking risks that I think are interesting and do succeed. Um, but 
is it, am I going to go back and read it before I go back and read those two issues of X force where Adam X, the extreme and Shatterstar get abducted by arcade? Probably not. So no, absolutely not. I would. Okay. If we're going to do that, I want to put it below the G nation and Rogue and Iceman stuff. Can okay. We do that? That's one spot. Yeah. I think that's that one that's spot a... as a compromise between yeah. friends. I'm looking at where we're at in the list, and I think that that's actually a really good place for it. So that would be under new 273. That would be our number new two, the, 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 new number 273, Storm Volume 2. All right. And Adam, I think I think that's an episode. I think we got another one in the bag, folks. Cool, man. I like Storm. More Storm stories. I like Storm too. I I I want someone to actually write Storm well post 1991. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, I'd love it's for her. Weird. To not be like you know, children of the vault bomb time right now. I mean, we'll see how that shakes out. Look, look. I think I think something good's coming from that. Sure. I am hoping, but we have to get past the Rona times that we live in now. Yes, we will get new content eventually. Have... You know, they they delayed uh, Giant Size X-Men Magneto uh, for scheduling reasons and all that. And I'm starting to think that they could have actually just gone ahead and done it on the original thing at this point, And we would have gotten it at the same time. That's possible. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I want to... I wanna... First, as we wrap up here, thank Patreon supporter Carrie Bastichons. Carrie uh, went over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files. He threw a couple of dollars our way and said, y'all, please talk about the storm. And we did. If you want to be like him, go on over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files. Search for the Battle of the Atom Boys at the $5 a month level. You get early access to all the episodes and you get a vote on what other stories we talk about in different episodes. Uh, like how next week we're going to talk about some Jamie Madrox stories. And it's going to be very We never talk about Jamie it's like we didn't until very recently in <laughs> oh. which we talked about jamie a lot this is and basically okay a jamie madrox uh <laughs> podcast at this point it feels like there is a jamie madrox <laughs> that does a podcast we are not that podcast but it feels like that lately you don't know you don't know what i am if i could be a dupe you could be a dupe too oh uh it's frightening you could have duped me who knows <laughs> uh but uh, um, where can people what find do we you do next oh twitter xavier files it's great uh you can also find xavierfiles.com i'm bad adam you go those are good thing. guys you can always follow me on twitter at arthur stacy um doing commissions right now if anybody wants one so just DM yeah they're me. good thanks bud not not that people not that people should be shocked that Adam's commissions are good, but Adam's commissions are good, folks. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Uh, so if you they want, they are. Just no, hit me you, up. you've stepped up your you've stepped up your dang game. Yeah. Uh, next week we talk about Jamie Madrox. Until then, do we have anything else that we have to say, Adam? No, I think we're good. Okay, guys. Well, until then, this has been Battle of the Adam. We hope you survived the experience. Get it.